I'm Carissa with Couple Birdies. We are here today at a great location. I'm super excited to share with all of you. We are here in Golden Valley, Minnesota at the Golden Valley Country Club, and we have some special guests with us. Why don't you guys introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Jake Vogt. I'm the head golf professional here at Golden Valley Country Club. Outstanding. <laughs> and I'm Lori Money, the assistant golf professional. Okay. And my name is Kevin Norby. I'm a golf course architect. Outstanding. Well, thank you three for joining us today. We have a lot to talk about, a lot to cover, so let's get started. Why don't we, well, first of all, thank you very much for the publication that I got in the mail. Tell us about some rich history. Let's get started and tell some of our viewers kind of about the history of Golden Valley Country Club and where you guys have gone and kind of where you're headed in the future. Mm -hmm. I can start with that. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, we're coming up on our uh, 110th year mm -hmm. um, here at the club. Um, looking forward to it. It's it's going to be a grand reopening of the golf course nice. um, with this AW Tillinghast design, and um, I know all the members are just excited here yes. for the 2024 season. Perfect. So we talk about the rich history in the 110 years. How did the golf course get started, and where did it get started? Let's let our viewers hear a little bit about that, maybe. Um, so... What's interesting is that a lot of the golf courses around the United States and actually throughout Europe got started because they were near the railroad tracks, the rail, the train lines. Um, here at Golden Valley, that's certainly the case. And people would come out from the city to Golden Valley to play the golf course. It actually was founded in 1914, mm -hmm. and it was a Thomas Bendelow design. It started yes. out as a nine-hole design, and then it turned to 18, and in 26... Uh, Tillinghast redesigned it and it opened in 28. And so the routing that you see today mm -hmm. is the same routing that was here in 1928. Um, really not much had been done to it uh, in that hundred years. So oh. it's, it's, uh, it's been relatively untouched. Nice. I know that there have been a lot of famous golfers that have played here to name a few. Why don't you guys tell us a little bit about the history and some of the tournaments that have been here? Um, I mean, being here since 2010, yep. I know we've we've had a few. Um, I'm trying to think of the the history wall. Um, just thinking of, I think we had Arnie Palmer back here back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, this would, I'd probably have to throw this back to Henry. He had all the, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he had it all hanging up on his yeah. wall, but. I know there's been quite a few tournaments yeah. back in the day. I know. I looked at men, when so. I was reading through the book. I noticed like um, we had Ben Hogan that had been here, Arnie Palmer, um, Sam Sneed. Sam Sneed. Um, uh, I mean, there's quite a few, um, especially with the state amateurs coming through. Mm -hmm. It's been a, a really great course. What are some of the changes that have been done to the course in the last few years that you've noticed? Is it lengthening? Is it redoing the bunkers? What all, what kind of maintenance has been done? At Golden Valley specifically? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, again, Lori and, and Jake, feel free to jump in. But, but again, r really very little has been done to the golf course. Back in the 90s, uh, they went through a fairly extensive renovation where they redid the bunkers. Mm -hmm. There had been, uh, over, over the years, primarily in the 60s, they had made the bunkers shallower. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> one of the really trademark or signature 
um, elements here at Golden Valley is that the bunkers are really quite deep. Mm -hmm. And um, there was a time when the members felt they were too deep, and so they were filling in the bunkers and making them shallower. And in the, I think it was 89, uh, the club embarked on a renovation to actually bring those bunkers back to their original floors and so their original depths. And that's really where they are today. Nice. Um, we embarked on this renovation. We really started this in um, 2019 with a, kind of a renovation plan and started talking about um, bringing those bunkers back to, to, to enhance more of their natural or their historic character, their okay. golden age character. And so that work was actually done in uh, 21. And then this most recent phase uh, where they shut the course down in 23, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was completed just, just recently. Nice. Yeah. I've heard a lot about the golf course being shut down, everything like that. Let's go back a little bit to COVID, post-COVID, prior to COVID. How much did that affect the course and obviously the memberships going up and down? So, we, yeah, we went from doing twenty two to 24,000 rounds a year to doing 28,000 rounds a year. Yeah during COVID where it was tough to get a tea time. It was, everybody was out here. Right. Um, great to see, but um, we've, we've now starting to come back down a little bit where we'll do 26,000 a year. Um, like to see that still at 24 again yeah. to where you can come out just like we had our Saturday afternoons. You could come out with your family and just jump on the course. Which is ideal. So, I know being a golfer, a lot of people don't realize that prior to 2019 you were able to on a Sunday hey I'm just leaving somewhere I'm going to go out and play a quick round of golf now it's hey I've got to make a tee time a week in advance just to get that round out there things like that it's tough being an everyday golfer or being someone that can only play in the weekends trying to get those and schedule ahead right and that's that's why our members are our members here at a private club is so they can do that again yeah because that's you can't do it at a public course anymore why don't you tell our viewers a little bit about your facility, kind of your clubhouse, some of the changes that have happened there, and then what amenities you have for some of the people when they are a private member, what they get to do. You want to start or I can? I mean, when you come here to the to Golden Valley, you have everything from tennis, the pool, um, a full driving range. Um, you have your nice outside facilities here out in the patio, nice little putting green. Um, you do have three simulators here, three trackmans that are up year-round. Um, what else did I forget? I know with pickleball, oh, and, pickleball. And, yeah. and everything else, that's <laughs> the big thing these days, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So um, it, it stays busy between junior programs, women programs, um, different, not really leagues we have, but we have, you know, different day, men's day, women's day, yeah. stuff like that. We have a lot so, of social events as well. Social events, yeah. yeah. A lot of different organizations and charity events, I'm sure, come out here too. I know I've played in a couple myself out here. Yep, definitely on Mondays, yeah. So being, let's say there's a beginner golfer. As a golf pro, assistant golf pro, or an architect, what do you tell those people when they're first starting off? How do they get into the game? Do they jump in and try to play right away? Do you tell them to work on their chipping and putting first? Kind of what? What do you guys think is We important? get them out on the range first. Yes. You know, hit balls. We have a lot of programs yeah. with our, you know, teachers here. Yep. Um, you know, we have a family, family tees nice. where we, you know, tee off from the 150 markers on most of the, most mm-hmm. of the holes. Um, 
I think it's just getting to know your, we have a teaching professional, we have a bunch of other PGA professionals here that do lessons, playing lessons. Um, us as, as golf professionals, we go out and play with some of the beginners nice. just so they get to know the course and kind of the culture of the club and, mm-hmm. I mean, and to keep up yeah. with the group in front of you. I think that's, <laughs> so. that's one of the big things. I mean, not to bash social media, but all the people out there now on their phones trying to do videos, trying to do this, right. slowing things down. But then not knowing the rules of the golf course either. I know when I first started, before we were even allowed to go out there as a junior golfer or anything else, we needed to know the rule book, which ages me a little bit. But that's kind of one of the things that we needed to learn. We had tests on the rules. And then, yeah, like you have to get consistent in your golf game. Definitely. And it, it's intimidating. I mean, yeah. as a beginner golfer, especially this golf course where, I mean, it can play anywhere from 4,600 to seven over 7,000 yards. Yeah. So it's it's an intimidating golf course, but it's it's playable for every beginner all the way up to advanced. So nice. Do you see any challenges for the future with the golf course as far as length goes? People hitting the ball longer, obviously getting stronger, running out of room, or any changes that will be made? Um, I can touch on it a little bit. I think I think with our course, we lengthen mm-hmm. it just slightly, mm-hmm. but widen the fairways a little bit just to help that out a little bit. You can get with the trees here, they're such mature trees that you can get out of the trees yeah. easy enough. So, I mean, as a golfer, I mean, here you tee well, it Well, what I like is flat. we added tees, shorter tees. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, as a woman, there are a lot of women here that couldn't reach par fours and two. Right. Yeah. So now we have a lot of flexibility with the tee placements. Definitely. Yeah. Which is important because I know everybody plays to their ability, or they should play to their ability, whether they want to go longer, they want to go shorter being able and being flexible enough to make that accommodating for everybody, whether it's, and maybe not, I don't know how you guys do it, but having like the family tees that you were talking about or having a number of tees other than just the typical tips, white men and red women's or anything like that. Yeah. We have what, nine new combo tees. Nice. Yeah. It's a lot of Mm -hmm. variation, especially when you play a course over and over. Yeah. You can play different tees and make it more fun. Mm -hmm. What is the yardage and what is the, um, tell us a little bit about the yardage out here and how that kind of goes. Well, part of the renovation, as Lori said, was to to uh, really look at all of the tees. Mm-hmm. We, we added a number of forward tees, and that was to try to grow the game and encourage women and juniors and families yep. um, to participate more. Uh, we did add some length, so we have a couple of holes where we've added some length. We're now at 7,030 just yard, something like yep. that. So, you know, I think to your earlier question, you know, the course is really, we, we've modernized the course right. and really set it up so that they're in a really good place for the next 30 or 40 or 50 years. Nice. Um, taken a number of trees down, widened the corridors considerably, uh, restored a number of bunkers that had been removed back in the 30s for okay. maintenance purposes. Um you know, really preserve the the challenge in the course. Yeah. So, you know, a, a good single digit or scratch golfer can come out here and I think they're going to feel challenged. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be plenty of width, yep. but the bunkers are now positioned where they're going to challenge that better golfer, that longer hitter. Um, the greens are still, uh, I would say, at times scary out here. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, they've yep. got a lot of slope. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure that golfers in the Twin Cities have seen greens like this before. Right. 
uh, in the Twin Cities. And I think that's a good thing. They're very playable. We have lots of pin positions now. Um, but you better be paying attention. Right. Because uh, um, it, it won't be unheard of to putt off the green if you're not paying attention. <laughs> right? I agree. So, yes. um, so I think we've... Uh, <clears throat> We've really put the club in a good place here and, and modernized the course again, set them up for success for the next number of decades. For the part time that the golf course was closed, what did you guys do for the members? Did you join up or team up with other golf courses to let them use their facilities? How did all that work? Uh, we definitely did. We call it reciprocal. Yeah. Um, yep. So we reached out to the private clubs in the area, um, knowing that we've helped them out in mm-hmm. the, in the past. So. Um, they were more than generous to help our members and nice. they were able to play throughout the summer. So have your, so this will be the first year that it will be back open, correct? Coming up in 2024. Yep. yep. So they'll be excited. I think what a lot of viewers don't understand, and maybe you guys can touch on it is tell the members why the golf course was closed on a little bit about what it does and what it leads to in the future. I think Kevin can touch on that with the grass. Well, the the renovation really started again last year with the bunkers and sort of preparing for that in 2021. In June of this year, 2023, um, we closed the course, and that was to allow the contractor to come in and completely reconstruct the green. We regrassed greens, tees, fairways. We rebuilt bunkers. As I said, Mm -hmm. we added some bunkers that weren't here previously, um, actually reinstated some bunkers that had been previously removed. We enlarged a pond. Um, we fixed some cart paths. Um, and so in order to allow the contractor to really do that work quickly, um, we closed the course in June, and we need about 18 weeks yep. for the grass to become mature. And so our target date was middle of August to have everything seeded. And with the weather we had this year, we're, we're really in a good place. The course will be more resilient in the future. It will yep. take less water, less chemical inputs, less fertilizer. Um, we won't have to cover the greens anymore, so we, we've reduced the maintenance considerably. Um, we've made the bunkers more playable, mm-hmm. more accessible, more maintainable. Um, and so all of that you know, we were able to do by closing the course down yep. and getting the contractor in here and then getting them out of here. So David Phillips, the superintendent and his staff could get this ready to reopen in the spring. Outstanding. That's good to hear. And a lot of our viewers don't understand what goes into a golf course when it closes for the winter, when you're talking about covering the greens versus not covering the greens, maybe touch on that a little bit as far as yeah. maintenance and what that looks like. Well, I've, I've done it myself before. We had a few <laughs> years back covering the greens. Yeah. Um, it's a good week process, mm-hmm. to, you know, with the two covers that we did put on yep. on these on these greens. But it's, it's amazing how they get all that work done. Yeah. So one of the challenges that Golden Valley Country Club has had over the years is that they've got a grass on their greens and fairways that has been here for 100 years. It's not particularly hardy. Mm-hmm. It's... It's subject to, you know, winter damage due to frost and ice and freezing and drying out and being too hot in the summer. And so these new grasses, again, are much more resilient. And again, because of that, we don't need to cover the greens anymore. Um, those grasses are, are uh, much hardier. Mm-hmm. And um, so those covers are 
you know, I think here at Golden Valley, as Jake said, they, they used two different covers. They mm -hmm. used a synthetic cover and they used a, a wood fiber cover. Um, and even with that, they would still end up with some winter damage. So that those days are gone. Nice. Um, and, and I think the course will be better for it throughout the summer months. So. Do you find without the covering that the course can stay open longer? Or is it still the same process as far as longevity? I mean, you don't want the wear and tear. People don't understand that yeah. just because there's not snow on the ground right now doesn't mean that the course is playable with all the frost, with all mm -hmm. the maintenance and everything that goes into getting the course ready for when it does snow. Yeah. Yeah, that the uh, the covers <laughs> don't really dictate or have any bearing on when the course will close or right. when it will open necessarily. Um, it's really just a, a maintenance process that they have to go through or used to have to go through. So Nice. Let's take a step back and talk to each of you kind of about the process and how you got to where you are today being an assistant pro, a pro, an architect, and kind of the steps that you guys took. <laughs> well, Lori, you have, <laughs> you have a great career. I know you do. Yeah. No, so. um, well, I've been a PGA member for over 30 years. Okay. Um, been lucky to work at some nice places in California and Las Vegas, but Minnesota is my home now. I've been here for almost 25 years. How did you get started in the PGA realm? Did you have you always played golf, or is this something that you kind of went through through college, or well? Yeah, no, I um, play golf since I was seven. Yep, um, that's kind of the, my love for the game. Right, uh, started back then and got into business right away after actually high school. Yep, and turned pro. Um, tried the mini tours, but that didn't work out so well. But yeah, loved uh, working in the business. Maybe tell our viewers before we go on to the next. Sorry, um, a little bit about. The players' ability test, how it was back then, some of the tours, and how they how they focused and changed your game, and how what they are used to be versus what they are now. Well, yeah, back then um, I had to play from the men's tees, yep. and, um, shoot a target score, mm -hmm. and I think mine was uh, one sixty yep. for thirty six holes. Yep. But now, you know, they've kind of opened up the game to you know. I guess with the player's ability test, I don't even know what the target score is anymore. It's gotten easier. It's gotten yeah. easier. You can yeah. you know, only play 18 holes and then play again. Where but, it used know, to be 36 holes in one day and have to shoot like a 160 or 155, Correct. whatever, maybe. Yep. Mm -hmm. Perfect. I can, I can go next. Okay. Um, I've been in the golf business for over 20 years now, just being an assistant at different clubs down in Texas. Um, back here in Minnesota and just came here to Golden Valley in 2010. That's when I became a PGA member. Nice. Um, and just kind of fell in love with the game. Obviously I've been playing golf like Lori since I was five. Mm -hmm. um, but fell in love with the game and the and the business part of it. Mm -hmm. uh, especially here with the opportunity of owning merchandise here at Golden Valley too. So, Which helps the year-round kind of ebb and flow a little bit too, having right. the merchandise, being able to sell that year-round and yeah, market your season, it. Yeah, your season never ends when, no. you, when you have that. Right. So. Definitely. Well, I, I got into the golf business in 1989. I actually, uh, I didn't grow up playing golf. Um, actually had never played golf until my senior year of college. Um, but in 1989, I met a gentleman named Don Herford, who was a golf course architect here in Edina, Minnesota. Did a lot of work around the country. Um, um, anyhow, he had uh, he was looking for some help. He had actually just had a heart attack, and um, and he asked uh, if I could help him. Um, so we became friends, eventually became business partners. We formed a company called Herford Norby Golf Course Architects. 
Um, Don passed away in 2011. In 2020, I changed the name of the company to Norby Golf Design. And today, nice. we're still a small company. Um, I have a gentleman named John Schmenk, who a uh, very experienced um, golf course architect uh, who works with me. And uh, we work really all over the country. We've got projects right now in Louisiana, California, uh, Iowa. Um, but it's always nice to do projects close to home where you can be yeah. on top of it every day. So That's what I was going to ask. I was going to ask where your other courses are, but obviously you just told us all that. So with the golf course architecture and your past being in, do you play a lot of golf? I try. Try? <laughs> um, my wife thinks I play too much, yeah. but uh, I try to get out a couple times a week. Nice. Um, sometimes I don't make that, but yeah, I, I uh, work pretty hard at my game, so... That's, that's important. It's one of those things that you don't want your working career to take away from your passion. Mm-hmm. That's It's a hard niche, and people don't understand that, that sometimes the daily grind can kind of get to be, or if you want to go play golf, you don't want to be working and golfing at the same time, and having that separation is always nice. So you guys have obviously played some golf before. What are some of your favorite courses that you've played? Golden Valley. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'll just say, I mean, in Minnesota, um, Golden Valley is, this is why this was such an honor for me to work with this club is that I've always thought Golden Valley was, maybe hasn't gotten the, the credit or the attention mm-hmm. it has been due. Right. It's a beautiful, very unique piece of property. Um, it's a, it's one of two t- A.W. Tillinghast layouts in the state. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's really unique from even from a Tillinghast standpoint. This is quite unique yep. um, with the depth of the bunkers, the slope of the greens, the corridors, the way it's routed through the railroad tracks and the creek and yeah. and the road. Um, so you know, Golden Valley is really a, a gem, and I think um, these changes and this uh, modernization, I think, will hopefully catch catch the attention of some people. Um, I, I'm wearing a North Barrick uh, sweater <laughs> today by chance, but. Um, really one of my favorite golf courses in the world. Um, from an architecture standpoint, it's, uh, it's spectacular. Um, nice. So that's one of my favorites. Perfect. It's tough to beat, too. No, there's, <laughs> there is a lot of beautiful clubs here in the area. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could. we do play a lot with the members, so obviously with the reciprocal, we got to, you know, play Minneapolis and yeah. Minicata and all these, all these beautiful clubs and, and see what our grass is going to be like. And right. I think it's the members got to, to know that, that too. Yeah. So I think they enjoyed it. So what will the grass, when they're playing on the grass, how is that going to change from how it was to how it is now? Is it going to be harder to get through? Is the ball going to roll more? What can they look forward to? I think just playability and yeah. the consistency of the greens is what. Well, the, the greens ultimate. won't be so bumpy like right. in the afternoons. Well, sure. certainly they'll be able to, the, the greens will be, capable of being maintained at a closer cutting height. I mean, if they want to cut these at, and have these stimp at 13, they'll, they'll stimp at 13. Um, the fairways, I think, are just going to be much more dense, much more consistent. Um, they might roll out more because they may decide to cut them down for club championship or the Tillinghast Cup. Um, you know, the roughs, we actually regrassed into the roughs, so we used a dark green Lomo Kentucky bluegrass nice. in the rough. So yep. if they want those roughs to be a little thicker, a little more challenging, grab your club a little more for mm-hmm. again club championship. 
uh, they'll have that ability. Um, so o overall, just playability will be more consistent. I think that'll be that's what the members will notice most. I Absolutely, think. and that's important to have consistency throughout. I know there's a lot of times you're playing a course, whether it's here or in Ireland or Scotland, wherever you are, and every fairway is different. Every green is different. It's just not consistent, so it's hard to know what that green's going to do or the putting green is totally opposite versus what's out on the course. So it's good to have that overall look and feel. With everything that's been going on and your numbers being good, what do you guys strive for? What do you think is important for just an average player to come out here to join? Do you tell them that they should work on their game first or what? what, is, what are some important touching points? I think the the first thing I do for like a Monday event or corporate events, yeah. and they always ask, you know, what what do I need to know? Right. Well, let's stay below the hole. That's yep. Golden Valley's thing. Yep. Um, greens will always be fast um, and stay out of the bunkers. Right. I mean, the bunkers, it's the beautiful Ohio's best sand. Um, so every bunker is consistent now too. Nice. Um, but don't go in the bunkers and don't <laughs> be above the hole. Or that's, if you know you're in the bunker, tell. get used to it because so. <laughs> it's going to be the same. Right. Well, I think one of the bigger changes out here for the members might be that um, the the old sand that was in the bunkers before, you know, you could sort of fluff the ball out of there. Yep. Um, with the new sand, uh, I think it'll actually play much easier, but you have to commit to that shot. You have to hit an explosion shot. Yep. Um, and again, some of these bunkers are 9 or 10 feet deep. So mm -hmm. um, if you've ever played Fisher's Island yep. or... I mean, it would it would be reminiscent of the depth of some of those bunkers, and this is pr probably the deepest bunkers in the Twin Cities, if not the state. So you got to commit to that shot and hit an explosion shot to get yeah. it out of these bunkers. Well, the Jake will be Jake and Lori will be selling a lot of wedges. Yeah, right, yeah, wedges, absolutely, you know? or extra and balls, just hey. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing that I liked what you added was behind the greens, the slopes. Mm -hmm. How you can hit different shots right. behind the greens now. Which yeah, so we we put in. Um, behind the greens, we put in short grass runoff areas. Nice. So we did that on actually a, a number of holes. Two, eight is probably the most the expansive. Yep. Um, but what that does is creates uh, choices for the golfer, mm -hmm. particularly the high handicap golfer who maybe in the past had to sort of chunk the ball out of the rough yep. to a shot that was running away, and now they'll be able to putt or chip or hit a little flop shot. Many or options for whatever their yeah. ability so is. I yeah. think it'll make it more fun. Yep. Um, but in some ways, it'll make it more challenging, too. When you just slightly roll over the back of the green, <laughs> it might feed 20 or 30 feet away from the green. So yep. you'll you'll be left with a longer shot. How do you expect the drainage to be? I know you were talking a little bit about the drainage, but with the ebb and flow of all the weather and the way it's kind of shifting a little bit, getting later and earlier and everything like that and with the droughts that we've had. Mm -hmm. Watering. Well, we spent a, a fair amount of attention. Um, fair amount of attention was given to drainage, particularly on uh, number ten fairway, yeah. which was arguably the, the the worst fairway from a drainage standpoint. That fairway was regraded. We put in a system of drain tile underneath there, um, but really throughout the course, we went in and kind of addressed those low areas where. Maybe the fairway was a little soggy. We actually sand capped the approaches, mm -hmm. uh, so they're going to play firmer. You might not want to land it on the green um, in the dead of summer. Yeah. Um, so. Mm -hmm. Well, also fixing the contours, like on two, mm -hmm. where the ball will 
kind of go yeah. in different directions rather than all landing right. in one spot. Right. Yeah. Well, and golfers, I know, get used to how the course is always played and having those extra runoffs like you're talking about or having the greens play differently gives you a lot more options, but at the same time holds you back because you don't know how it's going to be going up to it until you get used to it. Yeah. So with the numbers being up, you seeing more families out here, everything like that. What about um, just getting younger female golfers out here, getting any junior golfers out here? Do you guys do any first tees or any programs or anything like that that can help them get into the game? We do a lot of the PGA Great Junior team. League, yep. which uh, brings a lot of young 9- to 13-year-olds yep. together with their families, and we do shotguns with them out on the golf course. So we have you know, area clubs that all join together. Nice. Uh, that really gets the juniors involved. I know we do different women's clinics, yep. stuff like that, to help um, just kind of get them into the game or tune up their game That because we'll do it for beginners or advanced. And so. a couple's wine and nines. Oh, of course. Yeah, can't right? The important <laughs> stuff, right? <laughs> so there was, before COVID, there was a little bit of an ebb and flow with golf starting to die down a little bit. And then COVID happened and everybody came out with women trying to get more women out here, more juniors out here. What do you guys think is important and what do you do as a club to get more people out and how does that all work? Yeah. So important to us is the, is the PGA junior league, mm -hmm. um, which we pair up with clubs around the area. We'll have shotguns out here where their kids will play, you know, nine to 13, the whole families will be out here rooting them on. Nice. Um, it's just a good way if that, if one of those parents doesn't play golf, they get to see it. Yep. They get to come out to the club. Um, I know we do women's clinics. We do playing women's clinics as well for those that are beginners. Nice. Um, just to try to introduce people to the game. We have, what did you say, our couple's the fun couple's night? The couple's wine and nine. Wine and yeah. dines, which you add wine to anything, it's yeah, It's going to be fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> when the costume always, events, the themed events right, for women. For the tournaments. Fun. Yeah. It's more about fun and yeah, having secondary. the different different yeah. games that you can play when you're out there and things like that. With the women's leagues, junior leagues, are they nine hole, eighteen? Both kind of vary. We, we have vary. both. We yep. have nine yep. and eighteen. Yep. Nine seem to be about the right time frame. Mm -hmm. You know, that two hours for nine holes, and then come on in and have a little dinner and stuff like that. So, do you guys do any other social events or anything other than just golf? Having you know, like let's say Thanksgiving was here doing like Thanksgiving dinner or different fun things for the families for different groups as well. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. There's always social events going on, Turkey bingo and any, yeah. <laughs> I can't keep up with them. Yeah. But. Right. So I know you guys had the course closed for a while and kind of getting back to that subject, we talked about the members and how sometimes members get stuck on the course the way it used to be or wanting the rich history with the changes that are made how did those, or how, what have you heard from the members as far as the new changes? Well, you know, I think from my perspective, I've been almost amazed at how supportive the members have been out here. Mm -hmm. We, I think I mentioned, we did these tours with the members. We drove around kind of open houses and gave them tours, showed them the construction. Um, overwhelmingly, I would say people are uh, pleased. Nobody... I didn't hear anybody say, you know, why did you change that or yeah. how can you move that? Uh, one of the biggest changes we made here was to take the eighth green and to actually move it about 50 feet to the left. And, you know, I actually had one member who asked what changed here. Um, <laughs> and 
uh, and I, I said, well, we moved the green. And he said, well, which way? <laughs> and so uh, the changes were, were fairly subtle. Yeah. Um, we didn't do anything here that was out of character or that significantly changed the course. So I think the members will come out and they'll, they'll really like what they see. It'll feel like their course. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be some changes to the sand and the playability of the sand and, um, and the turf, but um, it, it's the same golf course. Nice. Exciting. So for the future in the architecture world, what are you looking for? Or what, where do you think you'll go next as far as growing and changing in courses to come? Well, at Golden Valley, I, I, you know, we are talking about some, some other smaller changes. Mm-hmm. There's a few bunkers that we're still talking about adding. Yeah. Um, one of the maybe exciting changes is that there's some talk about redoing the driving range and expanding the short game practice facility. Nice. And uh, we've actually laid out a Himalayas putting green, which is a 30,000 square foot putting oh, green fun. that would be great for after your round or... Um, maybe juniors or family events, maybe even a, um, you know, maybe even an, a, a weekend event of some sort, maybe an open house yeah. tournament. Nice. So, yeah. So for you two that are pro and assistant pro, what do you think in the future? Do you think you'll stay here in Minnesota? Do you see yourself going somewhere else down the fu- down the road? I know you talked about being from some warmer states being that it's getting to be cold again, do you <laughs> want to go back to some of those warmer states in the wintertime? Uh, only to visit. Yeah, right? <laughs> People don't realize yeah. it gets as hot as it does in the summertime at a lot of those places. Yeah. Yes. No, myself, I love Minnesota. I, I mean, I have a snowmobile or a skier, so I'm, mm-hmm. I like when the winter hits. And it is it is a sense of a reboot um, that you can do in the spring here. Um, so I do enjoy that part of the, the golf business. And you have the merchandise to sell. Tell people a little bit about the merchandise and some of the stuff that you guys have in the pro shop and what all that entails. It's it's fun. I mean, we carry the high end high end vendors. Mm-hmm. Um, keep a pretty stock pro shop. So you know, throughout all the year, we have a big sale going on in December. Nice. Um, and then it's it's as fun. We'll go down to Orlando in January, mm-hmm. and uh, you start buying for for the next season. So I don't think the members know that we're buying seven, eight months in advance no. before, you know, before it shows up here in the shop. So what do you see that will be coming or what do you think will be coming more in the future with technology and clubs and things like that? Do you think longer, shorter, hard to say? <laughs> well, we always try to hit it farther, <laughs> yeah, but right? um, the clubs are, I mean, they, they got to be getting to the max where, where I feel, I think it's, it's the fun part that Lori and I get into is it's the apparel part. Yeah, um, the active. That's wear. changed a lot. And now golf, you want to golf and go eat in it. It's no longer just a golf outfit. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have the the leisure. And, the leisure, yeah. Have so. you guys noticed with the dress code and the dress attire at country clubs or normal golf courses changing as far as the leisure part of it, or do you still see a lot of people strict golf wear belts tucked in? They instead of going to like joggers or things like that. We, we still keep a strict dress yep, code, good. Um, you know, being a private club. Mm-hmm. Um, members do try to stretch it, try to find a gray area in there, yeah. but it's, I mean, overall, we're, we're here and, um, you know, respectable and respect the game. So, What have you guys seen from the PGA Tour and the live sector, both being kind of opposite pants, shorts? a little more freedom, a little more rowdiness on one side, a little more following by the book. 
do you see that in the members too, loosening up a little bit, or do you see them kind of just trying to be normal? Not be normal, <laughs> I, but <laughs> follow follow the guidelines that they always have. The most we have to we do see. out here is probably with the music. Yeah, um, right. Just making sure the music doesn't blare across the yep. the golf course, which some of this new technology can't. Right. Um, doesn't mean I or the other member we want to listen to that. Right. So that's that's probably our biggest um, obstacle we have when we're out there rangering and yeah and keeping an eye on everyone. So pace of play, how long does it typically take? Let's say a foursome to play eighteen out here. Well, we we move Saturday morning. It starts at like three and a half. Nice. Um, and then our pace of play is four hours. So yep, I know it obviously varies it's, depending on who's out on the course and right. what's going on out there, but. It's good to know that there's rangering and it's still kept to that. There's a lot of courses you can play where they expect it to be four, but it's six hours to play 18 holes, and it's right. like, all right. <laughs> no, and we're, we're out there more of, you know, when you bring a guest as well to, you know, to say hello, introduce yeah. ourselves, just see if there's anything we can do to help help your day a little better. And obviously keeping that four-hour pace helps everything. As so. far as the food and drink go... There's places out on the course that members can get food, or do they come in here, or do they? Is there a cabin, or do you have drink carts out there? How does that all work? So we, some might call it comfort stations, but yeah. we, <laughs> we have a sixty house and a halfway house, so nice. you're you're hitting them every three four holes. Every three to four. Yep. Yeah. So perfect. Plenty, plenty of options. Yeah. Has the food and beverage industry, you guys might not know this, but has that changed a lot in the last couple of years as far as healthiness goes, or are more people still wanting like the hot dogs and the quick, easy to go foods, or are they going more into like the smoothies and the fruits and trying to eat more? It's it's definitely changing the yeah. way I see it. They're they're thinking about their their choices. Um, obviously, those old hot dog and kind of slows you down <laughs> at the turn. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so you're oh. looking more yeah, protein and yeah, more protein. Yeah, so. yep, protein, bananas, peanut butter, granola bars, whatever it may be. Definitely. <laughs> Well, I really appreciate you guys having us out today. It was great to hear the stories where the golf course is going. There's definitely a great buzz out here as far as the golf course opening. I can't wait to see what the course is like, how it's playing to get out here myself, play out here, um, and hopefully come back once it's open and hear about the memberships and how everybody's loving the course and everything like that. Love to have it. All right. Thank Thank you. you.